listening to the Woman of Strength podcast for the purpose-driven woman who has a yearning deep in her soul to serve the world. Presented to you by Ange Wilcock, creator of Evolutionary Model of Well-Being, Mindfulness-Based Storytelling, and The Raw Woman Project. A businesswoman on a mission for every human on the earth to feel enough. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Woman of Strength. And as always, I have another amazing guest. And always when we have these interviews, it's about being authentic. It's about being ourselves. It's about showing up who we are. And we know that as women and women that are purpose-driven, that we don't always worry about being perfect. It's about imperfect action. It's about just being us and who we are today because we show up differently today than we did yesterday and how we may show up tomorrow. Now, first of all, before I go into the interview, I want to welcome my guest. And my guest today is Jan. Welcome, Jan. Thank you so much. It's an honor. Oh, and it's been lovely, lovely. We've just been talking. I always talk to my interviewees off camera um, before just to make that connection. And there's always lots of connections in our stories. And no doubt throughout our interview, you may hear some of those. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about Jan. And as always, I'm going to read her bio. And so... Uh, Jan has worked for a non-profit and educational organizations all her life. And for the past 20 years, she has taught students raging, raging, gosh, <laughs> raging in age from four to 65 years old. And as a lifelong learner, she is passionate about personal development and creativity. Many years ago, Jan fell in love with Spain while living with a family in Granada for one semester. She completed a BA in Spanish and then earned a teaching credential with, a con with concentration in teaching English as a second language, as well as an MA in education. As an AmeriCorps, is that it? AmeriCorps volunteer? She taught classes in adult literacy. And she also enjoys teaching adults from countries all over the world, relishing the opportunity to interact with members of diverse populations. The dark side of her personal journey involves struggling with years of debilitating depression. After surviving months of dark days with no hope, Jan sought help and slowly found the way back to the light. She is a speaker for the National Alliance of Mental Illness and is passionate about bringing hope to others. Over several decades, Jan has developed a practice of mindfulness and meditation, and she has recently delved into the study of breaking habits by rewiring the brain. She will be launching a business this year to help women step into the life they love. The theme is, the theme is it's never too late to start a new life. Always looking for new adventures, Jan has traveled to eight countries and enjoys zippling and skydiving. So welcome, Jan. And I can see just through your bio how um, our lives overlap and, and no doubt there's going to be some combined threads in our stories. Absolutely. So the, yeah, so the first question I always ask the amazing women that I interview is, when did your journey of stepping into that woman of strength start? You know, that's a good question. For those of us who've been on the planet for quite a while, we have a long journey. <laughs> yes. So I know we talked about a common theme 
for a lot of women, unfortunately, is divorce. So I think I really did start to step into strength after my divorce, because when it first happened, I was devastated and I really felt alone and I did have to start a brand new life and I didn't know how I was going to do that. But after a few months, I actually felt liberated. I was on my own. I started teaching. I had to take care of myself because there wasn't anybody else. So I did find strength in that. After that, there were so many years of ups and downs, and then eventually, you know, I went into some dark days of depression, and it, and it was after that, when I hit the lowest point, that I did have to really start in a new phase of figuring out how to be resilient and how to be strong. Yeah, and that, that takes courage, doesn't it? Because as we were talking about off-air, I was saying to Jan that um, my husband walked out on our marriage five weeks ago. And for me, that was an absolute shock because I never saw it coming. I made that commitment to my husband for life. He was or is or, you know, an amazing man. But obviously there's something about him and his life that he chose. He didn't want me to be in it. And to be courageous, um, and step out of that place of it all being about us because as women that's what we think isn't it you know oh my goodness what was it that I did wrong you know how could I have done things differently I must be such a, a bad person but of course we're not because it's not about us it's about them um, and so stepping in, in into that place you were saying that you know that darkness can you tell us a little bit about that darkness for you absolutely well there were some dark days when I was still in the marriage and it was very troubled. So like I said, there's so many phases, it's hard to, to make it uh, coherent. But when I knew that the marriage was failing, but I didn't want it to, and so of course just hanging on, hanging on, thinking it's gonna get better. But I just fell into more and more depression. And I almost think that both of us were sinking into it and yet not helping one another. And I always describe it as like being in quicksand. Mm. And the more I struggled, the farther I went down. And a lot of us have like analytical minds. And I thought, well, I'm a smart person. I should be able to figure this out. I thought if I just keep analyzing this, <laughs> I can get out of this. But the more I did that, the worse it got. And I was paralyzed with depression and the dark thoughts, complete hopelessness. It's, it's very debilitating and because mm. your mind plays tricks and thinking there's no hope. There are yeah. no solutions. I've already thought through this and there are absolutely no solutions. That's how I felt. Yeah, and that, that would be a really, really tough place to be in because yeah, I. I know how that feels. Um, well, I know, yeah, I know how it feels when we go into that thinking space. So what, what, was there something that happened for you that you dropped away from the thinking because overanalyzing is, you know, it does take us to that dark place and then dropped into a feeling place? Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Uh, but what happened was I... I did come to a place where I, I couldn't really tolerate it anymore. And, and I did try to take my life. Wow. So 
that's just such a, I know it's a very visceral thing, yeah. but I say it because I think it's so important for people to hear and to be authentic because, you know, I've, I've spoken to many audiences about this and one in four adults have uh, some sort of mental illness or depression. And so there's still a lot of stigma in our society about mm. talking about that. So I didn't talk about it for decades, but now I realize how important it is. So when I sought help and got into recovery, I had to learn coping skills. And so I have what I call my toolkit of dozens of coping skills. And definitely getting out of the mind is one of them. And I've practiced meditation for many, many years. But there was a point where that didn't even help. But as I combined all of the coping skills, I was able to calm my body and calm myself and bypass the brain as best I could. Mm -hmm. and, and that, yes, that was a huge tool. Yeah, because our mind is incredibly powerful, isn't it? I think we underestimate the power of the mind. Um, yeah, incredibly powerful. So you, you said you had some, you know, different tools in your toolbox. Could you share with us some of those tools that, you know, that helped and supported you? Because, you know, you talked about you tried to take your life and, and that would have been a really, really tough decision because I think sometimes the general public think that opting out of life is an easy solution and we know it absolutely isn't an easy solution so what are some of the, the tools that you use to, to pull you back from that place yeah I, I use tools on a daily basis so one of them is uh, cds with soothing affirmations on it yeah. and i know that that's kind of a overused word and has different meanings for different people but I have a particular one that I've played probably 2,000 times. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in the, what I call dark days, I had nightmares. And I hated that because, you know, during the day, every moment really was just suffering, this mental anguish. Yeah. And at night, surprisingly, I was able to sleep. Some people don't sleep, but I, I could sleep, but I had nightmares and I had nightmares of being lost. And I thought, how symbolic. I was mm. always lost. I was like a lost soul. And yeah. I would wake up with these horrible nightmares. And of course, that was just devastating. So I started listening to a CD and it even included uh, things like forgiveness and healing and positive action and I would fall asleep a few minutes after the CD started playing but of course what I believe is that during the night in my subconscious these wonderful feelings and words were going into my subconscious mm. and so the nightmare stopped and I still play that CD and I never have nightmares anymore Perfect. And, and we know we know that neuroscience has proved that that um, that yes we, we can listen to things and even fall asleep but it is going into our subconscious mind um, so yeah fantastic I mean what a, what a simple um, resource or a tool to have and yet highly effective yes yeah there are other things and something sounds so simple and to be honest some of the things 
I tried before when I was in the dark days and I was so far gone that I really couldn't get out of it. So of course we need support. Yes. That's not easy either. If we don't have family support, we have to go to plan B. Yeah. And so I had some friends, but honestly, I hated to burden my friends with my problem. And there was a few that I could get some comfort from, but in some cases you really need professional help. But I was able to convince myself that I had to have support. And so I do have a spiritual community. I do have an intimate circle of friends, not a large one. And people have to be selective sometimes. And something I've learned is that I cannot put myself into situations that trigger negativity. Mm. So I cannot be around people that are not good for me. Yeah. And so I gained support from that. But I really, I love YouTube so much. I just bathe myself in inspirational videos, inspirational music. I'm constantly listening to uplifting music at home, in the car, everywhere. I had to figure it out. We were talking about some of us are, are technologically challenged, but yeah. I I'm going to figure out how to download those songs and put them on my iPhone so that I can sometimes, yeah, when there's too much going on in the mind, I say, okay, I am going to close my eyes and listen to this beautiful music or meditation. Meditations, yeah, like you said, you've talked about meditation, you've talked about affirmations, and, and the, another tool that I, I use on a daily basis um, is gratitude. You know, the, the power of gratitude is so powerful. When, when we list all the things that we're absolutely grateful for, it, it just, again, it switches that switch in the mind, doesn't it? It's like, wow, I have got so much. Because when we're suffering a loss, whether it's a loss of, you know, whether it's a divorce or whatever type of loss it is, we focus on that loss, you know, that we grieve for the future that we thought we were going to have. And I certainly know that's been my situation and I'm sure everybody else is out there that's in a similar position. But when I write in my gratitude journal, which is a very, very simple, simple thing, I look and I go, wow, you know, in terms of what I lost is insignificant in comparison to what I already have. Do, is that been your experience? Oh, absolutely. I, mm. I have a gratitude journal from many years ago. Yeah. And I do, I do use that technique. I use that tool. Uh, but I also had to learn a lot of self-love yes forgiveness which we talk about a lot but i didn't really practice it and i've listened to a lot of inspirational talks about that and I, i'm sure i haven't arrived but i'm so much better at forgiving myself when i i don't do everything right and mm -hmm. because if i feel guilty that just brings the vibration lower. And so yeah. I do practice forgiveness. I, I really, I love creativity, I love art. And so I have so many cards where I've written in big letters <laughs> things to remind myself of. 
actually I have a stack of like four by six cards of things that I want to remind myself of and I'll just flip through them. I keep them by my bedside, whatever it takes. I need to remind myself. I go there. Yeah. And it's so, again, it's, it's, you know, for our listeners out there, these techniques might sound incredibly simple, but simple things are usually highly effective because the mind only responds to simple stuff. The mind is, is, has a, a role and its role is to move you towards pleasure and away from pain. And so if you're just putting up these affirmations and words in front of you, then that's what the mind is going. Oh, you're okay. You're fine. Um, and I love that because one of the things that I've done through my separation process currently is I've written in red lipstick because I love red lipstick <laughs> um, on my bathroom mirror is you've got this and I have got it, you know, and on the days that I think, oh my goodness, I haven't got it, you know, I haven't got this together. I just walk into the bathroom and it's there it is on my mirror and it's, it is, like you said, it's that constant reminder, isn't it? Because that's all the mind needs. It, it just needs a trigger to say everything is okay because when we're in this space up here and we're going around and around on the hamster wheel of, of negativity, it's, it can be hard to get out of it. And so if the mind just sees something really quickly, ah, you've got this, it changes that thought pattern straight away. So, yeah, I, I love that you've got those cards. That, that's, yeah, that's a wonderful idea. So I do. I like the mirror idea. I've used that too. And yes. And that you can use um, dry erase markers. Yes. Great idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And it's just putting it wherever, isn't it? You know, on your mobile phone, on your screensaver, um, on, your, on your laptop or your, your PC, you know, places where uh, like things like I say to my clients, you know, on your sun visor in your car. You know, sometimes if you're feeling, because in, in our cars, like you're saying, you listen to, to your music and um, but sometimes we do go into that space when we're driving and we go into that mind space because we're on autopilot because we know where we're going in terms of our journey in the car. But the journey of life sometimes starts going on up here and sometimes it's just flick down the sun visor. There's an affirmation there and it's like, okay, sh sh back up again. So, yeah. So tell us more, Jan. I'm really interested in, in, in about the work that you do for, is it the Depression Alliance? That it's the uh, National Alliance of Mental Illness. Yes, it's called NAMI for short. Yes. So tell us more about that. What, what's that about? Okay, it's a wonderful organization that I found about three years ago when actually I went into another episode of depression. And I knew I was at a dangerous point. I was at a crossroads and I thought, oh my goodness, here I am again. I need to make a choice. And I made a choice to, to get help. And, you know, I got some, some medical help with that. But when I found NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, um, they have wonderful resources. Uh, we have a huge office here in San Diego, although it's a, it's a national organization. And it really seeks to educate people about uh, mental illness and to reduce the stigma that we have and to raise awareness about it. It's a real hub of resources but in other words it, it doesn't directly necessarily counsel people but it will connect people to the resources that will help them and but they have many many support groups for people suffering from something like depression and groups for family members and when I began training for the speaking 
was really the first time I sat in a group with complete strangers. And it was the first time that I felt safe in talking mm -hmm. about this. Yeah. And the person next to me started sharing about their journey that was the same journey as mine. And I thought, wow, he went through the same thing I did. And he just told everybody in this room. And we're all safe. And I can say it too. And there wasn't the judgment. Yeah. And we spent a whole weekend training for how to be a speaker. And I just love the program because it's called In Our Own Voice, which means that we only speak about our personal experience in our own voice. So we go to hospitals and crisis centers, even at women's shelters, talk to law enforcement, universities, many, many places about mental, you know, talking about mental illness. And I, I talk about my journey. It's very fulfilling. And it, it's just one piece of, of what, what they do there. Great. It sounds very fulfilling. And, and that, that, you know, like you're saying, that first group you went to and that person sat next to you was telling their story. I'd imagine that felt quite empowering for you too, to be able to, to speak and tell your story as well. Yes, going back to the authenticity, I love that theme, and I know you you do too. Mm. And I just got so tired of hiding because yep. I've been hiding my story for years. And there's still, and you know, one has to be wise. And I, I still pick and choose, you know, the venues or the forums or when I want to speak about this because not everyone is going to understand it. We're not going to be able to educate everybody immediately. Yeah. And, um, but for a while, you know, I worried about my image and my privacy, but I'm able to figure out now when is an appropriate time to share. And it's so liberating to be able to talk about it now. And of course, what I found out is as soon as I start talking about it, people will say either, Oh, I've experienced that too. Or some yeah. family member member or a friend has experienced the same thing. Yeah. And they're hungry to hear about it. I love yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. And and people are because, you know, life can be quite challenging and, and we you know, every we are individuals, we are unique, and we deal with challenges very, very different. And I think sometimes the outside world it does make judgments, you know, how we deal with a situation. Because I certainly know from my perspective, um, in terms of the situation I'm currently in, people will look at me and go, you know, you're incredibly strong, you're going to get through this, and, you know, you've got all the resources available to you. And it's like, yes, that's true. But also I'm human and I'm vulnerable and I have those dark moments. As I said to you off camera, there's been, over this last five weeks, there's been two two real, real black times when I thought, I just want to opt out. I just want to opt out. And none of my tools or resources that I've learned over my 30-year career um, would have made any difference to me at that point in time. But what made a difference is, and, and I think you mentioned it earlier, is asking for support. And so I reached out to someone that I knew I could trust and just picked up the phone and said, this is how I'm feeling. You need to get around here right now because if you don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. And they were there immediately. And I think, you know, when we can step into that place of authenticity and step out of feeling ashamed, that that is that place for, for healing. Um, because I certainly know 
from personal experience that once I was able to talk it through and say, this is how I'm feeling, I feel hopeless, there's no future, my future's been taken away, I'm tired of this, this is getting hard, it's what have I done, what have I done wrong, am I such a bad person, you know, all that negative stuff. And then when we hear ourselves speaking it aloud and that other person opposite you is going, you are the most amazing person I've ever known and I love listening to this because that is not you, but if that's how you're feeling and acknowledging how you're feeling, it's so empowering. It is. I'm mm. glad you said that because we, yeah, we, we need some TLC yeah. here. And I've, I've shared that with some people when I feel it's appropriate because there are many, many myths about depression Mm. And how to treat people and most people don't know what to say so that's why they don't say anything or they yeah. say something that's not helpful and um, when I get a website I'm gonna have a whole list of this is what would be you know very helpful to say and I just wish that when I was in the dark days I just wish that somebody would have just taken my hand and said I love you I support you and I'm just going to sit with you. And yeah. Be with you. yeah. That's what people need. Yes. Yeah. And I think, I don't know about you, Jan, but personally for me, when family and friends are going, but you'll be okay, you're strong. I didn't want to hear that because I wasn't okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, actually, I'm not okay. Can you not see? I'm on my knees. I'm bawling. I'm out of control. <laughs> Does that look okay to you? <laughs> and I Thank think, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like there's nothing okay about that. Um, no, I remember friends said you're strong, and I'm like, no, no, I'm not strong. I'm not strong right now. Yeah, exactly. And it is that. I mean, I, I, for me personally, it's that moment by moment. And I think, as I said off camera, mindfulness has saved my life because when I step into that moment of mindfulness practice, when I've let go of all that darkness for that moment, and then stepped into that. I can start seeing the light again. Um, I mean, what advice would you give our listeners if they're feeling in that place, that, that place of despair and hopelessness? What, what advice would you be giving them? Probably, first of all, no matter how serious it is, but if, if it is serious, the best thing, of course, is to get support and help which kind of sounds simplistic mm. and, and I heard it myself, but it really is important to, to seek either support from friends or if you have to, to get, you know, treatment. Mm. And, and I resisted that and I wish I had not resisted that. And some people think, you know, again, we have, well, I had terrible fear about uh, repercussions, about judgment, about stigma and then even literally thinking what's going to happen to my health insurance you know sadly we have that problem and uh, what am i going to do and oh I, maybe i don't want to take this medication and how am i going to afford to pay for this or this is going to be on my permanent medical record yes that can be a, a deterrent yeah and or you know what will people think of me i can't tell my boss what if i lose my job all these fears come up, but I wish that I had gotten help sooner. So my advice is you're probably not, this is not going to go away by itself. Yeah. 
you, you need to take a step to help yourself recover. Yeah. And the more we talk about it, I think, isn't it? You know, the more we talk about it, that's part of the healing process because when we hide it from people, we're keeping it inside. And when we're keeping it inside, we're ruminating on it, we're analyzing it. And there's, it feels like there's no escape route for all of those thoughts. Whereas when we're talking to people about it and we can hear ourselves talking out loud, certainly for me personally, it, it, when I hear it, I go, oh, actually, it doesn't sound as bad out loud <laughs> as it does going on in here. <laughs> That's true. Well, my, my wish for everyone is that they, there would be somebody for them, yeah. one person for them that they, could, that they could depend on, that they could trust, that they could seek help from in any way that they can. Yeah. Definitely. It's better to honestly, I think it's better to have a personal connection with someone because mm. it kind of feels, I don't feel that good about, oh, just call the 1-800 number. Mm. I don't know. I don't have personal experience with that, but I would much rather have a personal connection with a, you know, somebody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And to call a number and God forbid you're put on hold or something. Yeah. And I, and I also think, you know, what, I, what I've done, I don't know if you've done the same throughout my life is like, there's always one person that I can say, if life gets tough, can I call you? And they've always said yes, anytime, day or night. And I think, you know, if we can, because I think that's, that's a bit about um, proactive action, isn't it, for the, for the future, you know, because we do get in stages of our life that we didn't anticipate happening and, and then we have all those overwhelming feelings coming up. But if we've already had a trusted friend, family member or whoever it is to say, you know, I might appear to be a strong woman, but there's possibly going to be times in my life when I don't feel so strong. Would you be there for me if I could, you know, could I call you anytime, day or night? And I think once someone gives that permission to say, yes, of course, it's not so hard. I'm not saying it's easy to call them either, but it's not quite as hard. Whereas if we're sat there thinking, who do I call? Because all my friends think I'm strong and now I'm going to let them know I'm weak, I'm a failure, I'm a fraud, all that stuff that goes on in our head. Um, so yeah, one of my suggestions would be find that person now before you even get in that place. And then if you ever do fall into that place, you know, you feel like you have got that support because there'd be nothing worse, like you said, ringing an 0800 or 1800 number and then say, oh, can you be, you know, you're on hold, you're fifth in the queue because that's just going to reinforce what you're feeling about yourself. I can't imagine. Yeah. Yes, that's mm. a great, great tip. Mm. And yeah, to, to everybody, please be sensitive to that and be willing to be a support for people because yeah. there's some of us, I was in that place where I didn't have very many people that I could count on. And, and I had one person who was out of the state. And so I could talk to them on the phone, but they were not going to be able to come over and help me. Yeah. And there was only that one person who is sensitive to that because she, she, she is a, a trained in therapy. So she was very wise. And, and you have to be pretty brutally honest about it. And she was the only person who ever asked me the question that's hard to ask, she said, are you, you can't just say, are you okay? She said, are you going to hurt yourself? Yeah. And sometimes you have to ask that question. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's the kindest question. It's a hard question to ask, but it's one of the kindest questions you can ask as a friend or a support person. Um, and the ne next question on from from that is, are you going to hurt yourself? And if if you know your friend response to that is yes the next question on from that is so how are you going to do it because then we know if it's planned and, and how vulnerable they really are yes mm. yes I've had that happen to friends and, and they had to and actually one of them was in another state and they just they just had to call they had to call the police yeah you know that's a drastic situation but um, you know I've I've had uh, friends that have lost their life and that was one thing that motivated me to join the national alliance for, on mental illness because in a matter of one year i knew four people who lost their lives and wow. i said this is just too much yeah actually one thing i did i'm a toastmaster i love speaking at toastmasters and the next week i said i'm speaking on this and i thought I don't care what people think if, you know, they judge me for it, but I did a speech and I said, it's time, it's time to talk about this. And it was this time when, when Robin Williams, the actor took his life. Oh, wow. Yes. And yeah. I said, we have to talk about this. And I said, mm. Oh, if somebody famous does that. Then everybody talks about it. And two weeks later, we've forgotten. Yes. Yeah, off topic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, Jan, for you, what's the next part of your journey? So you, you talked about, you know, you're going to get a website up and running and, and a business. So tell us a little bit about that and how we can connect with you. Yes, I'm very excited. Uh, part of my, my new journey is I'm stepping into the life I love. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a teacher and I, and I really would love to retire. And I want to tell women that it's never too late which can mean a lot of things. Yeah. It's never too late to start a new life. It's never too late to have an adventure, to start a business. I just, I know somebody who just turned 75 years old and she got a boyfriend. Wow. That's hope for us all. <laughs> okay. That's yes. confirmation. Yes. <laughs> and I have a wonderful coach that I just adore. And He's helping me to put together a program to help women. It's, as you know, it's a lot of work. Yes. And it's, it's very fulfilling, though. I, especially when you have the background that I have, I have to live my purpose to be on the planet. Absolutely. Because that's my calling. And I've tried to run away from my calling, but <laughs> yeah. you can't. You can't. Yeah. No, no it, it's it's so oh it's just so part of who we are isn't it it's it's and you can't you can't describe how you feel about it it's there's no words is there I mean I I, I just find there's no words when you're purpose-driven it's in your heart and soul it's what drives you through life and Nothing is more important. And when I say nothing is more important, I don't mean family, friends, relationships, because but it's it's a completely different level, isn't it? It's a completely different vibration. And so I get that. And women listening to, to us today to this interview will get it because this is very much, you know, my my target audience is very much purpose-driven women. 
and and so they get it you know there's that yearning deep in their soul that they just can't switch off and it's just there so so I love it so you know your business is purpose-driven it's something that you know you've got a desire in your heart to do so you know it's going to be successful and like you said age is never going to be a barrier <laughs> well my focus is I mean my focus was coming into focus. And for a while I felt, wow, I'm not really clear on this. I just don't know how I resonate with this, how authentic I can be with this. But then it started coming together and I realized that I wanted the theme to be, it's never too late, but I wanted to tell women that it's time for them to be the star in their own show. Because so many women our age have spent their lives deferring to their family, deferring yes. to their job, deferring yeah. everything. So I said, get off the deferment payment plan. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, yes. It's time for you because how can we help other people when we haven't taken care of ourselves? Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. just found that, you know, I ran myself into the ground last winter. This was kind of a peak moment when I ran myself into the ground getting uh, bronchitis. And I just kept working and working and working and getting sicker and sicker. And so I was sick for two months. So I was not doing a good job. I couldn't help anybody else when I was coughing for two months. No. <laughs> I said, no, 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 something's wrong with this picture. So I, I want to get that message out. Great. I've so enjoyed interviewing you, Jan. Like it's it's been amazing, and there's like I said, there's a common thread through our stories, and and we've dealt with it. There's some ways that we dealt with it similarly, and other ways it, it's been very different. And I'm sure that the information um, that you've and the advice that you've been able to give women during our call is going to be invaluable. And so I really look forward. Um, to watching you and your business and by the time this goes to air I'm sure your website will be up and running and so our beautiful ladies will they be able to make contact with you so thank you so so much for your time oh thank you so much it was my pleasure okay thank you all the best to you Thank you for listening to the Women of Strength podcast. Please feel free to share the word with the women of strength in your life. For more information, go to angewilcock.com slash enough said.